You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Don't take the Hurricane Harvey fish bait. The IRS says that email telling you to download a questionnaire and return it to the FBI isn't from them. Why you really don't want that tutorial in tumbling Bitcoin. Sources accuse North Korea of stealing cryptocurrency. TrickBot is back and it's swiping Bitcoin. The ransomware strain in Scottish hospitals is ID'd. More than 700 million email addresses are found in the onliner spam bot. A UK retailer suffers a breach. Some industry notes and St. Jude pacemakers get a firmware patch. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, August 30th, 2017. You may wish to donate or get involved in some other way with Hurricane Harvey relief to help the afflicted down in Houston. That's of course good, but unfortunately you should be wary of whom you connect with online. Scammers are using fraudulent Hurricane Harvey relief efforts as both con games and fish bait. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission warned this week of many active relief scams in progress, and noted with regret that this happens whenever there's a natural disaster. Some of the scammers have even registered domains to assist their bunco. If you're in doubt about the legitimacy of a charity you're unfamiliar with, the Better Business Bureau's Wise Giving Alliance isn't a bad place to go for some quick common-sense vetting. Or do what's even easier and deal with a charity you're familiar with. There is, of course, other fish bait being dangled in the U.S. inboxes. Here's an always popular gambit. The IRS telling you the FBI wants to hear from you. The Internal Revenue Service warns that there's some fairly convincing but entirely bogus spoofed emails that represent themselves as coming from the IRS. They don't. If the faint whiff of shadow broker ease in the text doesn't tip you off, the diction in the phishing emails isn't bad for a non-native speaker of English and in some respects resembles the my-eyes-glaze-over dullness of some regulatory communications, The fact that the email includes the FBI's seal as well as that of the IRS is a tip-off. And no, changes in U.S. tax law, with a capital T and a capital L, haven't transferred responsibility for the belonging of offshore companies from the IRS to the FBI. So don't bite. If you should receive such an email, the IRS would very much like you to forward it to them. Use the address phishing at irs.gov. There are also some baited watering holes out there. Security researchers at the firm Comparatech have found a come-on boosted by high Google search rankings. If you wish to learn how to mix, tumble, or launder Bitcoin, and you probably shouldn't, an outfit called Dark Web Markets will give you a good, concise tutorial in that dubious art. Unfortunately, the tutorial will also take you to malicious sites that will divest you of your cryptocurrency. Comparatech says the tutorial is actually pretty interesting, but no, don't go there. Don't take the course, because that would involve taking the bait. But don't even try to visit the site out of curiosity. Doing so could, Comparatech warns, boost its Google ranking even higher, enabling the crooks behind the bad link to lure even more of the unwary. Speaking of Bitcoin, sources in East Asia are calling attempted raids on South Korean Bitcoin exchanges a North Korean operation. Pyongyang has a history of turning to online crime to meet its financial needs. This may be the latest instance of such a campaign. Details are sparse, so observers are treating the reports with moderate skepticism. Still, given Pyongyang's track record 
and the unsettling tensions the DPRK's missile tests have aroused among anyone within range, all would do well to take the potential threat seriously. State cyber operations do tend to accompany security crises. A clearly criminal threat to cryptocurrency owners is being described by researchers at security firm Forcepoint. They've found an evolved version of the familiar TrickBot banking trojan circulating in the wild. This TrickBot instance is going after cryptocurrency wallets. The ransomware that hit NHS Lanarkshire in Scotland, disrupting healthcare operations, has been identified as BitPamer, a fairly recently discovered malware variant. Samples of BitPamer were posted to VirusTotal on July 11th. This ransomware is regarded as well-coded malware devised by programmers of some ability, much better than the repurposed commodity stuff most online crooks use. NHS Lanarkshire reports that its operations have largely returned to normal. Researchers have found that the onliner Spambot, known for distributing the Ersniff banking trojan, holds some 711 million email addresses and 80 million SMTP credentials. The well-known victim registry site Have I Been Pwned calls it the biggest batch of stolen credentials it can recall uploading. A lot of them are probably bogus, but even a fraction of 711 million is still a pretty big Twinkie. Where the addresses came from is unknown. There doesn't appear to have been any major breach or set of major breaches that could account for it. The UK retailer of second-hand tech, CEX, disclosed to its customers that up to 2 million of them may have had their personal details accessed by unauthorized parties. The usual advice applies. Change your passwords, be on the QV for spear phishing, and so on. Taking a quick look at our CyberWire event calendar, Incident Response 17 is coming up in September, and we're proud to be a media partner. Joseph Loomis is CTO at CyberSpons, and he joins us to tell us more. It's really a way that the community can come together as one to redefine how security no longer has to be such a manual process, but more of a machine and person working together in a very tight relationship so that they can ultimately fight against the adversaries in the same manner uh, with an equal opportunity to defend themselves. And so give us an idea, what can people expect from the conference? They can actually expect a lot of workshop, a lot of knowledge transfer, education, best practices. Networking is probably one of the most powerful thing where you have a mentee meeting up with a mentor that they can learn and build that relationship where you have the junior level executives and and analysts meeting other senior, more experienced. So your minor leagues are meeting the major leagues, basically. And now they can build those bonds, relationships. They can actually work on uh, recruitment, team building. Uh, And so it's it's kind of a combination of a a kind of a workshop slash consortium slash movement. Can you give us an idea of uh, what some of the sessions will be like? A lot of the sessions are going to be talking about capabilities that products currently today that can do to lever them in regards to helping them on the human capital side. Uh, a lot of the agenda uh, specifically is, is going to be speaking to best practices that we have right now that defined out in the framework. So, for example, like how do you select the right tools? How do you do proper vendor analysis and bake-offs? How do you simplify your practice and bring in the right consultant or framework? Uh, how do you actually use certain tools? Basically, imagine if you're a carpenter and you're learning how to use a hammer and a skill saw. We're teaching them not specifically around how what tools to use, meaning like by vendor title, 
how to use not specific to the hammer brand, but how to use a hammer period. So who are you targeting here? Who's the ideal attendee for the conference? Three different tracks. So we have the executive level uh, track for the community. We have the managerial track, which is the person typically in the trenches with the team, but like almost like a sergeant. And then you have your analysts, which are your soldiers. So if you look at it from C-levels as your general, managers as your, your sergeants, and analysts as your soldiers. And it's the first open community approach uh, that's completely free to attend as long as you uh, operate in one of those three capacities. You're executive at an organization, you're a manager in an organization of a team, or you're actual team member. So this is not a sales-oriented uh, event. It's an event that allows people to actually come and learn, not try to buy products. That's Joseph Loomis from Cyberspons. The Incident Response 17 conference is coming up in September on the 11th and 12th in Pentagon City, Virginia. You can find out more at incidentresponse.com. You may recall that last year St. Jude Medical, manufacturer of pacemakers and other healthcare devices, was embroiled in a conflict with security firm MedSec and stock speculators Muddy Waters. MedSec and Muddy Waters disclosed St. Jude device vulnerabilities in the course of shorting St. Jude stock. St. Jude patched some issues in January. It has done so again. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has approved a firmware patch for the company's pacemakers. The flaw it addresses is thought to affect some 465,000 patients. In industry news, SolarWinds has made its first-ever acquisition, picking up Netherlands-based email security shop Spam Experts. The buyers, in this case, say they liked Spam Experts' intelligence engine a lot. BugCrowd is getting a new CEO. Ashish Gupta will replace founder Casey Ellis. Ellis isn't leaving. Instead, he'll become chairman and CTO. Looking Glass Security Solutions has raised $26.3 million in mezzanine funding. Participants in this round included new investors Eastwood Capital and Triangle Peak Partners. The company also received additional investment from current backers Alsop Louis Partners, Neuberger Berman, and New Spring Capital. Looking Glass intends to use the funds for expansion into five continents. Antarctica, as always, seems to be the odd continent out. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire.
The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Robert M. Lee. He's the CEO at Dragos. Uh, Robert, we were talking about, of course, um, ICS stuff, industrial control systems. And, and I think in general, uh, I, I, when I describe you, I describe you as being a voice of reason in that industry, where a lot of times when there's hype, I turn to you to kind of cut through that hype and, and tell me, uh, do I need to be concerned or not? So tell me about that. When do I need to be concerned? Yeah, thanks. I do try to push back on a lot of the hype out there because I know that folks get scared pretty quickly sometimes without reason. But there are some cases where we should be concerned. I think one of those cases that we've seen uh, was the the crash override uh, framework that my firm did analysis on um, from the attack that was used uh, 2016 to to take down a portion of Ukraine's power grid. Why I think it's concerning, and I don't I don't think it's run to the hills, build a bunker kind of concerning, but I, but I think it's concerning in that. Asset owners around the world need to be paying attention. And the reason for that is the adversary didn't just build malware that was taking advantage of vulnerabilities. A lot of a lot of what we look at in IT sometimes is very vulnerability centric. Um, but this framework was really about taking advantage of knowledge of how we do electric operations. So last time we talked about like stage one, stage two type kill chain and what does it really look like to do a stage two ICS attack. And, and crash override is a stage two attack. It's what, what it actually looks like to do disruption to industrial environments. Again, what's so concerning is there is no vulnerability to patch away. There's no uh, fix to the system. The protocols are being used exactly as they should on the network. Uh, it, it is an aspect that an adversary took the time to learn how electric grid operations are run and codified that knowledge into a framework that allows it equally to be disruptive. And right now, the crash override framework and that tradecraft is immediately transposable to uh, every electric and distribution power site uh, in uh, Europe, most of Asia, most of the Middle East, and then with maybe less than a day of development scalable to North America. So the balance here is it's light. It's going to be a couple hours of outages. It's not It's not good, but it's not build bunkers. Um, our grid is actually really, really well prepared in the sense that we've built it very well to be able to bring it back if anything goes wrong. But the downside is there is now public tradecraft of how to do disruption, and there's obviously an adversary interested. And I think for that reason, uh, grid operators need to be taking a little bit extra precaution, and people outside of our community and in other industrial environments need to be thinking about how you could leverage the industrial environment against itself to achieve these type of attacks. All right, Robert M. Lee, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, 
Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back.